The Utah Utes defeated the Arizona State Sun Devils 34-13 to Saturday night in Tempe. The Utes start off Pac-12 play 1-0 in an impressive effort. But what did we learn about this Utah team and who were the players that I thought really stood out? We're talking about it on today's Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone. My name is JT Wistersill, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We do greatly appreciate it. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube, so make sure you guys head over there, like, and subscribe to the channel, as well as comment. would love to hear what you guys think about this game and your expectations for this team going to the Oregon State game on Saturday. also want to thank LinkedIn Jobs. I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash College. So that's locked on college terms and conditions may apply once again, linkedin.com slash locked on college, but hello everyone. My name is JT Wistersill and on today's show, yeah, we're going to be going over the biggest things. I feel like we learned about this Utah team in their win versus the sun devils talking about the offense, the defensive performance, a little bit on the running backs at the end. I thought it was kind of interesting how that whole situation played out with Tavion Thomas's suspension for the just the first half and then coming back in the second half as well as wrap up as we always do with some game balls but before we dive into those takeaways just want to give some general thoughts on this game and yeah it was very encouraging to see that what this utah team go out and do what they're supposed to do right defeat an imperial inferior opponent by a wide margin and that's exactly what they did i thought utah looked absolutely dominant in this game so really impressed by the effort i thought the game plan for the most part was really sound by the coaches. You could see everyone executing out there, especially from a defensive standpoint, as we'll talk to you in a second, was really encouraged with the way the passing game was going in this game. Personally, I thought this was Cam Rising's best game of the season. Some people may still say a couple of other games against inferior opponents, but I still like what he did here. And then unlike the Florida game, of course, the, the hard part with the Florida game is always going to be the final play to be made in that game. Rising didn't come up. Even though I thought he played really well in that game, I thought he made a lot of really good plays in this one as well. So very encouraged by this team's performance and just happy to see they got it done and look sharp against a team that they absolutely should have blown out and they did exactly that and jumping into my first takeaway the biggest reason they were able to blow this team out was the defense's dominant performance Arizona State had set negative seven rushing yards through three quarters and we're going to talk about that a little bit more but they ended the game with six rushing yards and as I said the negative seven is much more the story of this game but even just those six rushing yards are the fewest in a game in Arizona State football history. So just an incredible number for this Utah team as well. So, so impressed by the job the defense did locking it down. And even if we're going, look at this was a three quarters, really domination in the fourth quarter is where the Sun Devils finally got into the red zone and scored points. They did so a couple times throughout the game as well. They kind of got not in the red zone, but just over midfield and they just weren't able to score points. So it was encouraging just to see this Utah team just lock in the entire game defensively, really. And yes, at the very end, let something up. But once again, the game was by that point, it was 34 to six. So by no means in reach. But looking at it, let's look at the first quarter only. Arizona State had negative five yards of offense in the first quarter. They had negative 24 rushing yards in that one as this Utah team was absolutely dominant. Utah had three sacks in the first quarter. So set the tone instantly getting pressure on Emery Jones, Van Fillinger. Gabe Reed was phenomenal as well. 
Allen there, Junior Tafuna, Connor O'Toole, the, the entire def- defensive line. We'll talk about them a little bit more, but just a great job just from the jump, setting the tone defensively. And even looking to the second quarter, you're like, well, did things get any better? And that was one where Arizona State, yes, they did score six points in that one. So 64 total yards, but they had 14 rushing yards in that one, and they only had 50 passing yards in the second quarter. So still for the half, they were at negative 10 rushing yards in the first half and then 69 total passing yards. And if you're looking at the comparisons as well, this is where Utah's offense is putting in work at this point. So the comparisons are Utah had 252 yards of offense to 59 yards of offense for Arizona State. So just an incredible effort by this Utah team. And then, like I said, we'll talk about the third quarter numbers as well. So in total through three in the third quarter it was 105 total yards three rushing yards in this one as well and then you look at the passing yards so 102 but just through three quarters the numbers for this utah defense 164 total yards surrendered to utah's 415 through three quarters on offense mind you so drastic difference in that one negative seven rushing yards for the Sun Devils and only 171 passing yards. So just an incredible effort by this defense as well. We knew that Xavier Valade was the guy they wanted to go to on the ground. And he finished with eight carries for a total of 30 yards in this one. His long was 13. He only averaged 3.8 yards per carry as well. And then Emory Jones, obviously his rushing numbers are going to be very skewed because how many times he was sacked or dropped in the backfield. He had 11 attempts for negative 26 yards in total in this one. So just an outstanding job by this Utah defense, whether you're talking about in the secondary. Look, receivers weren't really getting open and creating separation. Yes, there was every once in a while a guy would pop open, but that's just going to happen. Guys are going to find ways to get open. They're going to find ways to make plays and do something. And for the most part, this Utah defense on the back end I thought was outstanding, whether it was JT Broughton, Clark Phillips getting his first interception of the season Clark actually gave up his I believe his first first down of the season he surrendered in this one and it was just like a simple little first down like he's not going to go an entire year without surrendering a catch or a, a first down we knew that but then he responds by perfectly reading that route short little route in the flat just almost looked like they were trying to set up not a wide receiver screen but just an opportunity to get a playmaker in space and Clark just read that perfectly as one of the best defensive backs that he is he's only one of the few players in the country who could make that play I genuinely believe this the reaction time in order to recognize the plays happening and then the speed to be able to close on it and hold on to that catch as well I believe his face mask was kind of taken down on the tackle so all kinds of things going on and Clark being the true ball hawk that he is was able to hold on to it as well. So very impressed by the back end as well. And I mean, when you're talking about the back end and the impact too, you got to talk about guys like Cole Bishop as well. I mean, just someone who just continues to be a mainstay in this Utah defense gets it done in every way. And how about his interception late in the game as well? Extremely impressive. Didn't lead the defense in tackles in this one, but still three total tackles had a sack, a tackle for loss an interception, a pass breakup, a solo tackle. I mean, just the, Fill in the stat sheet as only he could. He wasn't credited with a quarterback hurry, but I mentioned got the sack already. So, you know, when he was blitzing and coming in there, applying that pressure, just one of the best safeties in the Pac-12, who I believe at one point someone, I think it was Josh Furlong tweeted out, he was committed to go to Duke at one point. So it's just uh, just impressive for Bishop just to continue to make those plays and just be one of the best players on this defense as he is only a sophomore as well. So just incredible. Um, Karene Reed, phenomenal, led this Utah defense in tackles, doing a really good job. And one of the reasons Reed was able to shine was that defensive line, they were winning their matchups up front. There were no running lanes or places to go with the ball because the offensive line we're all in stalemates. Utah's defense was doing a great job holding their blocks and then shedding them when they needed to in order to be able to go in and make those tackles. Whether that is Samote Peppa at nose tackle is phenomenal. 
Sione Vaki as well. And I already talked about the defensive ends. Uh, Miki Sugutaraka is another guy I think that deserves to be mentioned down there as well as Jonah Ellis. So really everyone on this Utah defense shined. Lander Barton just keeps getting better every single game. I think he had one costly penalty, but like he still makes those plays that comes in there flying around and does such a good job for this Utah defense. Just continue to be impressed by this group that, look, 27 missed tackles week one, right? So everyone's really concerned about how this group is going to do and what they're going to look like going forward. And then they have games like this where, yes, Arizona State has not been great. They just lost to Eastern Michigan, right? But they still have some talent on offense. We talked about Valaday. Emory Jones is a quarterback who's capable of doing things athletically. And I still think this is a Sun Devil scene that's going to get at least one upset win in the Pac-12. And there was a lot of disarray. They were obviously fired up to come out and play under head coach Sean Aguano as well. And Utah was able to keep them in check through three quarters. They got one late touchdown, but it, the game was already over by then. So really impressed by the defensive effort from this Utah defense. I thought they were dominant, outstanding. I'm excited to see what they're going to do against Oregon State. I believe the line against Oregon State is 11 and a half for Utah. And I think the biggest reason that is honestly right now is because of how good this defense has looked. And I honestly think at the end of the season, we might look back on that Florida game and be like, it's obviously unfortunate because Utah lost, especially because Florida continues to lose to Tennessee. We need, come on, Gators. We need at least a couple of these to turn into wins at some point. So it doesn't look like a bad loss on Utah's part, even though I think that at the end, like whoever's evaluating Utah's season at the end will still look like, hey, a cross-country road game in Gainesville. It's not going to be a bad loss, but it would be nice if Florida could pull their weight a little bit and start to win some of these close games or get at least another upset because based on their plan right now, they don't stand a chance against Georgia, who they have coming up here in a few weeks. But keeping it on Utah still, I think this Utah defense is really improved and looking back to that first game the opportunities they had to learn and grow from those mistakes i think were great and because ever since the florida game it's been an upward trend that's something i've talked about a few times now on this podcast is utah's defense and just this utah team each opponent gets a little bit better it's an opportunity for this defense to improve and learn from some of those mistakes early on and they were able to some of those mistakes even from an offensive and defensive standpoint don't end up costing you because you are the more talented team and you're able to overcome them and that was something that i mean there were a couple little mistakes that might have hurt utah against a little bit of a better team again in the future against Arizona State, but nothing major. I mean, I just feel like each week they've just cut down on the mistakes more and more and more. There were almost no missed tackles in this game on Saturday night. So just a really encouraging effort from this Utah defense. Morgan Scally and the entire staff has these guys guys dialed in, and they are looking absolutely phenomenal. Lights out. Loving what I'm seeing from this Utah defense right now. As I mean, even if we're just going to look at the drive chart really quickly. I mean, it started with three straight punts, then an interception, then two field goals. Then they had a punt, downs, punt, a fumble, another interception, and a touchdown. So really only one. Your goal on every drive is to score a touchdown. And Arizona State only accomplished that one time. So all the credit in the world for this Utah defense for even when they bended a couple times, not breaking, getting that pressure, five sacks on the day. Lights out performance by this Utah defense. I was really encouraged by them. I was also really encouraged by the offense's performance for a key reason. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. But first, I want to tell you guys a little bit more about LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Guys, I use LinkedIn all the time to stay connected with my network of friends, as well as just meet and interact with other people in the work fields I'm pursuing as well. LinkedIn is an easy place to get connected with those people, keep track of friends and find worthy candidates. There are tons of people who, Hey, how about still just got out of college and are still looking excited to get after it as well as there's still the changing, evolving job market, tons of great candidates for you guys on LinkedIn. So make sure you guys add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills 
skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs the number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions may apply. So make sure you guys head over to LinkedIn jobs and check that out. If you guys are looking to hire some very qualified candidates now jumping back into this Arizona state game. And look, when you have a game that's 34 to 13, there's going to be the dominant defense. And when you score 34 points, you're gonna have a very good day from the offense. And that's something I feel like this Utah team really had. And as I mentioned in my little opener, I really feel that this was Cam Rising's best game. And I, yes, I know he had the one interception. That was partially, I, mostly on Solomon. Yes, was the ball, the ball placement perfect? No, but I think it was a little outside of Cam. So I'll give it 15% on Cam, almost everything else on Enos. I just think that's a drop. And I think if you ask Enos as well, he would say that's on him. Sure, Cam might say it was on him as well, but that's just because he's a good leader. So Cam in this game, 19 for 29, 260 yards and two touchdowns as well. And the biggest thing I was impressed by Cam in this game, because look, Utah, I mean, they struggled on third down, right? It was five for 15 on third down, but you have the red zone efficiency. Utah was five for six in the red zone in this one. And I was just really impressed with on those plays where the, look, the running game was not a strength for this Utah team in the first half. If you're looking at the first quarter, the rushing yards, Utah only at 34, it just looks a lot better because Arizona state, as we talked about had negative 24 rushing yards. It's one of those numbers you can't believe in, until you actually see it. But in the first half, Utah in total had 73 rushing yards. So that's, that's a fine number as well. But in general, most of the yards were coming from the passing game. So 179 yards. And that was something we hadn't seen a lot of this year is when the running game had struggled. Can the pass game still get going? And it really was. We're going to talk about Jalen Glover in the running game as well, but Utah just found themselves in second and long situations or second and short situations like they found themselves in a lot in the first quarter early on in games throughout the season. And those were ones where whether it was guys not being able to create separation, the protection breaking down, or Cam missing a throw, just wasn't able to click and work for yardage. And this game, it did click. The protection was really good. Blitz pickups were phenomenal. I thought Cam did a really good job utilizing his legs when he needed to as well. But I just thought Cam was extremely accurate in this one. I think this was his most accurate game yet so far on the season. I thought when guys popped open, he hit them, as well as even when guys were a little bit tightly covered, he put the ball up in a position for them to make plays. Was that a great throw to Dalton Kincaid for the second touchdown in the end zone? No, but he put the ball in a position where Dalton could go and make a play on it. That in those situations, you want to give your guy an opportunity to make a play on it. You don't want to throw it too low so then Dalton doesn't even have a chance and you don't want to throw it too high because same thing. You want Dalton to have a chance. So put the ball in position where Dalton can go up and make a play. And that's exactly what he did. And a great call by coach Ludwig on the flea flicker. I thought that was phenomenal. Dalton wide open down the sideline was great to see. And I will just, we're going to talk. Well, I'll give Dalton's going to get a game ball at the end of this, just because of how great he was in the first half. Once again, he didn't have a catch in the second half actually, but still two touchdowns in the first half. And especially the second one being one of the best catches this year. We've seen a Utah receiver have on it or Utah pass catcher have as he just went over the top and absolutely mossed the Sun Devils DB for that ball. But Devon Bailey continues to impress. I mean, yes, Devon Bailey didn't have two touchdowns, but you look in total, I believe in that game uh, versus San Diego State last week, I think Devon only had three, maybe four catches. So you look at this one, he had six catches for 63 yards. I just thought he could, was constantly involved. It felt like he was just more involved in the offense, honestly, just constantly moving the chains, making things happen. I feel like we're seeing him and Cam, their connection grow in games. We heard how great it was in camps, but when you get in game action, it's a totally different feel, totally different vibe, all those things going on, the heat, the pressure. I think that's why when it started, the season started, that's why Cam was more comfortable with Brant Keithy as well as Dalton Kincaid, who he's obviously going to continue to be comfortable with Dalton Kincaid when he makes plays like they made 
the end zone tonight back on Saturday. But going on this one, I just thought Devon did a great job getting open, demanding the ball as Coach Bump is challenging to, right? He did a really good job demanding the ball, getting open as well, and fighting for those extra yards. I also continue to think he does a phenomenal job as punt returner. I think he's been really good this year. No, he's not Britton Covey. No one was going to replace Britton Covey, but I think he has been outstanding. I do think at some point in this year, maybe he won't take one to the house, but he's going to have a few opportunities where he's really going to set you top. He makes guys miss every single game, which is exactly what you want. You just don't want a guy who's going to get tackled for a minimal or no game. And that's something that Devon has done as well. So in terms of passing game too, I mean, it was also, how about Thomas? He has been, I mean, only one catch, but the 72 yards as well. And look, I'm not going to talk a bunch about Brant Keithy tonight because we don't know what that is. I obviously really hope he's back for this Utah team and optimistic. It's not a season ending injury, but based on what the coaches were talking about in the post game on after Saturday's game, it sounds like they're a little worried about what it is. And we're going to find out on tomorrow's show. That's what we're going to talk about is how this offense moves forward without Brant Keithy. If he is indeed done for the year, because obviously then you're missing the best tight end duo in the country. Sorry, Georgia fans, as I always say, but is no more longer intact. And you lose one of your guys. Who's just most, one of your most reliable targets in this one even Keithy had two for 15 but just continues to make those plays gets open does such a good job his improved route running has been such a crucial thing for this Utah team and I don't it was one of those things like how can he get much better he's already phenomenal and that's what he was able to do as well but good to see Thomas Yasmin show off a little bit of the speed as well and shaking Sun Devils defenders off on that one too so excited about what him um, guys like Logan Kendall could even get more involved in the offense I think especially in the passing game so be interesting to see what those guys do if we do lose Keithy but even Solomon Enos yes he had a couple of drops in this one or mainly just the one that was the interception but still improvement for him money parks had a nice reception that one catch for 19 yards was a big one on the comeback route and I just continue to be impressed with these receivers I feel like they're continuing to grow cam trusting them more the passing game is clicking more because of it so so I have been really encouraged by that for this offense. And I feel like the protection is getting better up front, too. I feel like Cam gets pressured less and less in the backfield. I feel like they do a good job communicating on the blitzes and just across the offensive line. Yes, they're still going to get beat a couple times every game. That's going to happen. There's 70 plus offensive snaps in a game and there's a lot and there's other talented division one defensive linemen on the other side as well. So getting beat every once in a while is going to happen. But you just have to win more than you lose at the end of the day. And that's what this Utah team did a really good job of doing up front and pass protection. But once again, Really impressed with Cam's maturity. I thought he's poised in the pocket as well. I thought he was willing to hang in the pocket a little bit longer, willing to wait and let plays develop. I wanted to see this Utah team score a touchdown on the first drive. But the other thing I said was I wanted to see this Utah team jump out to a 14-0 lead. And they were able to do that really because of the passing game, in my opinion, and just those plays they made through the air. See, unlocking more of that explosive element going forward. I would like to see the explosive element be something we see outside of Flea Flick flicker pit plays excuse me flea flicker plays but I, right now it's still something just nice to have to see them being a little bit more explosive i hope at least once on the season we see like a 50 yard bomb to money parks or devon Vale just with cam sitting back in the pocket but either way hey whatever gets it done and i think the flea flicker is honestly going to continue to work because i think teams just in the heat of the moment when the game wears on 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 and on you just you're so used to what the game plan has been coming at you that all of a sudden you're going to get a flea flicker and i think just that second of indecision is going to be all this utah team needs to be able to beat teams over the top so really encouraging to see solomon enos or more so devon ba solomon still just because he had the drop it's hard to list him as one of the winners of this game but De that led to the interception of course but devon Vele and Dalton Kincaid as well. I thought those guys were outstanding on the outside and nice to see their chemistry just continue to grow with Cam, making those tough catches that we love to see them make on those crucial downs, create that separation. Just seems like it keeps getting better. And just I'm just excited to see that this Utah passing game continues to grow and grow and grow. And I think they got a fun test this Saturday against Oregon State as well. So I love the progress this 
Utah's passing attack is making, and I'm excited to see what they can do going forward as well as they have a fun one coming up on Saturday. But, of course, there's two parts to an offense, and let's talk about Utah's rushing attack in this one. So Utah's offense, Tavion Thomas was suspended by the team for the first half or something. We're not really sure what's going on there. He's obviously been dealing with a lot lately for his with his aunt's passing recently, so we are not here to speculate on what's been going on there. But either way, Tavion did not play in the first half. So that led to Jalen Glover actually getting the majority of the carries. And in the end of the game, Jalen Glover actually led this team in carries. He got 13 carries for 48 yards. Also saw Makai Bernard get eight carries for 28 yards. And there'd been rumors about Jaquinta Jackson all week long, but then you finally see him get in at running back nine carries for 31 yards, got a touchdown as well. And that was something I talked about a few weeks back when we had Sammy Mora on the show was that I wanted to see more, the Jaquinta Jackson package return in the backfield because I thought the read option with him and Tavion would be absolutely deadly. And I think just in general, having Jaquinta in the game is such a great asset because of his ability to make guys miss. I do think he's going to be a really good running back for this team to utilize. And I think they are going to turn to him a couple times a game. And I think at some point, there's just such a great opportunity when you have a quarterback like that, because let's not act like Jaquinta Jackson can't throw the ball. He nearly won the backup quarterback job. There's a reason that they sat on that for so long. It was genuinely a competition that came down to that final scrimmage. Bryson Barnes won it, all the credit in the world to him, but we know Jaquinta can still come in games. And I still feel like this is the kind of guy who can still make throws. So if you're going to run some fun wide receiver pass plays, which in his case, just going to be a running back. And he is now a running back as you know, you guys saw ESPN was all tripped over themselves trying to figure out what position he used to be because the Utah athletics had switched up the depth chart. So that just led to a ton of confusion for Dave passion, the rest of the ESPN crew. That was pretty funny to watch play out on TV, especially if you guys have ever called games or done broadcasts before, you know, how hard it can be to get information from teams. So I totally understood their frustration was kind of laughing along as they were just trying to obviously getting roasted on Twitter for it. Understandably so, but for Utah's rushing attack, as I said, so it was Jalen Glover, Jaquindon, and Makai Bernard in the first half. And Utah's running game just kind of got off to a slow start, as I mentioned. Yes, 34 yards isn't bad. And yet in the second quarter, you had 39 as well. So in total, 73 looks good. But we just didn't see a lot of those explosive plays and explosive runs. It was a lot of short yardage. Most of Utah's explosive plays in this one came in the passing game. Their first true explosive run to me was in the second half when Tavion Thomas got his first carry, and I believe it went over 20 yards right off the bat. And Tavion proved he's still the best running back for this Utah team in 11 carries, 60 yards. His streak of touchdowns did come to an end, unfortunately, but... Just good to see him get back out there. And it's just a reminder of what makes him the lead back on this Utah team. Jalen Glover is the future of Utah's running back room. We know this, but Tavion Thomas is still the guy right now. And it's because of his ability to break tackles and the strength he has. And Tavion did get leveled a couple times, but he's still Utah's strongest back. I still feel like he has the best vision, especially in between the tackles of any of the running backs as well. And he's still got to be the number one guy who gets the majority of the carry. So hopefully... Whatever happened with the team is something in the past, and he doesn't get suspended anymore going forward as well. Also, really quick, speaking of suspension, I should have mentioned this earlier. Cole Bishop, I am so happy, and it was absolutely the right call. They rescinded that targeting call because that was absolutely one where he did not really lead with his helmet. That was one where Emory Jones shrunk down into it like that. Or, or, excuse me, he, he kind of let himself. He didn't launch it with his helmet, which is what the rule is all about trying to prevent. That was just a normal tackle where he was just going in to get Emory Jones. So I was so happy they pulled back on that targeting. Call. But getting back into the running back things, it's just a little bit 
disheartening to see the running game struggle a little bit earlier because we know this Utah team has good depth at the running back position, but you still wanted to see them have that success and run all over. Eastern Michigan did have more rushing yards against Arizona State than Utah did. Now, obviously, Utah had a ton of success, so it didn't really matter in this one, but still something where you saw the running game start struggle to get going. And part of that is on the offensive line as well. They missed a couple blocks still. It's still a unit that is coming together. They've only played four games together as a unit, so you're still going to find some of those miscommunications and things that go wrong. So it was just something that was a I would like to see cleaned up going forward a little bit more is a stronger start to the running game. Some of those explosive runs, but a big reason that is going to happen that we're going to see that change in a hotter start is going to be Tavion Thomas getting more of the carries because he is the lead back for this Utah team. I think we saw one drive. He got the ball four straight on four straight plays and they got a first down because of it, because he's just that kind of player. The physicality it was a little bit concerning to see him and the Utah team not be able to punch it into the red zone on those. But either way, I just Tavion is the back for this team. He needs to be the lead back and he needs to do whatever he can as well to be available on the field because this Utah team needs him. His teammates need him. They need him. He's the best running back they have, especially just when it comes to running the football in those short, tough and short yardage situations. Loved what I saw from Jaquindon. Think he can be a fun piece to this team. We know what Makai can do in the backfield as well as running out of the backfield on routes. And Jalen Glover is the future of this position as well as does a lot of good things. But none of those guys have the strength and the ability to break tackles like Tavion Thomas does, or in my opinion, still the vision, which is still what makes Tavion on the best back on this team and they still need him so that was just the third biggest thing for me is i just this team still needs tavion thomas as good as the running back depth is this is still tavion thomas's room and he proved it even in just the second half on saturday night but that's it for the three takeaways so now let's jump into some game balls and we got a few of them to give away because this is obviously a fun performance first i want to give one to jaquindon as i already talked about the ty and aaron low scholarship recipient for the season Got in the end zone on this one, his first time on the season for Utah. And Jaquindon is just a guy as well. It's hard not to reform. Such a team first guy. So many players in his position, I think, would not want to play running back because they'd go, I'm a quarterback only, and I don't want to risk injury for a future season. But he is such a team first guy. He was willing to step in and play. I mean, I believe last week, I think you guys can correct me as well in the comments if I'm wrong, but I think we saw him on kickoff as well. So he's just a guy who loves to be on the field, loves to play. And those are the kind of guys you love to have on your team. So love seeing Jaquindon out there and props to him his first game as running back nine carries 31 yards. That's 3.4 yards per Curry as well as found the end zone on a touchdown. Great to see Jaquindon involved in the backfield. One of the best players on Utah, regardless of position at making defenders miss in space or even in the holes a couple times as well. So love seeing Jaquindon excited to see him continue to be more involved in this offense. I'm also going to give one to Cam Rising. As I said, I thought this was a really strong game for Cam. I thought his accuracy was impressive and we saw the passing game get going a lot and lead to, you know, you look at the, San Diego State game, a lot, the biggest plays in the passing game all came on that one drive. It was boom, boom, boom versus this one. I felt like it was a more steady diet of, and it's why you see Cam had 19 completions in this one, two touchdowns as well. Fun to see the coaches open up the playbook a little bit more with another flea flicker, but just in general, it seems like they trusted the drop back passing game a little bit more and always great when you can get the play action passing game going, of course, too, but really strong game for Cam getting everyone involved. And I thought he did a great job just conducting this offense. So was really pleased with what he was able to go out there and do. Last winner on offense or game ball on offense is going to have to be Dalton Kincaid. I mean, once again, he had four catches for 66 yards, two touchdowns. His second game on the season where he had two touchdowns in the first half as well as all his catches in the first half, but just continues to be that guy at the tight end position. I mean, he really is him. If you guys know, get that reference that I'm saying. He is a phenomenal athlete. We saw it when he was able to get the hurdle a few weeks ago against Southern Utah and then just going up top and being able to snatch that ball out of the air. How many times on this show have you guys heard 
me talk about his jump ball ability because of his basketball background. And it's just something that he does such a good job of. So, so great to see him win that ball in the end zone, go up top and get it and rip that one away. Cause it looked like it was for sure going to be an interception. So all the credit to Dalton Kincaid continues to do a great job, understanding defenses, finding the soft spots in those zones, really good route runner. Also had a couple of nice blocks on the run game as well. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he threw a couple guys down. I think he got at least two pancakes in this one. Uh, might have might need to have Brian Brown on the show a little later in the week to check me on that one, but very impressed with Dalton's blocking and then turning things over to the defensive side of the ball. Let's both game balls are both game balls on defense for me. The first two at least are going to Karene Reed and Gabriel. So the Reed brothers get it. When you look at Karene, led this team in tackles, doing such a great job, always flying around, has a nose for the football, 10 total tackles, five of those being solo. And one and a half tackles for loss as well. Does a great job in coverage as always, but really impressed with his ability to come down and play the run. It was a huge reason that Utah was able to hold the ASU rushing attack in check. So great job by Karene Reed. But as I mentioned, not the only Reed who had a good game. How about Gabe Reed? Two sacks in this one, doing a great job. Also credited with a pass breakup on, I believe it came on a third down as well. So an important situation, but four total tackles for Reed, three solos, but those two sacks coming over from Stanford, being the veteran he is, he's a guy that we really want to see involved with this Utah defense because he's a guy we trust to be able to go in there and get some pressure. So it was great to see Gabe Reed be able to go in and do that. Was very encouraged by his play as well. And he's just going to continue to be a guy we're going to see on this defensive line a lot this season because his ability to get after the quarterback and was excited to see him have such a phenomenal game and show off the veteran savviness that he had. And final two game balls, you got to throw them out to Clark Bill. Clark Phillips and Cole Bishop both getting their first interceptions of the season, both in pretty impressive plays as well. So very impressed by those guys as well. So just got to give them a shout out for the interception, but those are the game balls. Those are my biggest takeaways from this one. A great win for the Utes in which they went out there and took care of business, which is exactly what you want to see a team do against an inferior opponent. And Arizona State, I do think Coach Sean Aguano's team is going to surprise a couple people this year. I know they didn't look good in that one, but I do think it was more good Utah than bad ASU. And I think they're going to figure some of these things out because that team at least was playing hard for a lot of the game. I think they're going to clean up some of that stuff and be locked in and get a couple upsets. And I hope they beat a couple of these Pac-12 teams as well because I think it just makes Utah win against them in dominant fashion look better. But coming up on the show for the rest of the week, obviously, be talking about Oregon State game. Tomorrow's show, we're going to be really focused on Coach Winningham's press conference and reacting to the news that we hear about Brant Keithy, whether or not he's done for the season or if he's going to be good going forward. And another thing for this Utah team that wanted to touch on is just that I'm excited about the direction this team's going. Oregon State's going to be a great game on Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. And if you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, make sure you guys check out the Lock on Pac-12 podcast, where Spencer McLaughlin and other local experts will take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. So make sure you guys head over, check out Locked on Pac-12. Lots of game recaps going on over there. And keep it here on Locked on Utes for great Utah coverage. So that's going to be it for today's edition of Locked on Utes, but we'll see you tomorrow.